Welcome to Adventures in Leadership, the podcast where we explore the connection between adventure and leadership. I'm your host, Bruce Huff. Life and business is full of the unusual, the exciting, the unknowns, risks, and ambiguity, all of which define adventure in this journey of ours. In each episode, we'll take a deep dive into the lessons and experiences that can be gained from adventuring beyond our comfort zones and taking on new challenges, and how we can apply those to life, leadership, and business. Join us as we hear from business leaders, experts, and yes, explorers and adventurers who have leveraged their experiences to develop the skills, the resilience, and mindset needed to be effective leaders. So grab your gear and buckle up. It's time to embark on a journey of personal growth, inspiration, courage, and discovery. Let's get started. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Adventures in Leadership. This is our podcast from LEAD, Leadership Experience Adventure Development. That's the acronym, LEAD, for our company that uh, is involved in leadership development and growth opportunities utilizing experience and adventure to help uh, help us accomplish that. Uh, we love accompanying people in that journey to leadership growth. And this podcast is um, really dedicated to uh, bringing to the forefront with our friends and, and associates and new people that we'll be meeting along the way uh, that are involved in leadership, that are involved in adventure, and that are involved in both. And today, um, I think we're going to talk to somebody who's involved in both a little bit. And I am more than pleased to introduce my son, Derek Huff, uh, Derek Bruce Huff, in fact, uh, my namesake in that regard. Uh, he uh, he and I uh, have shared some fun adventures together, haven't we, Derek? Absolutely. It's been great. But thanks for having me, Dad. On this yeah. uh, on the on this podcast, this is great, and uh, yeah. and I'm excited. I, I love I love uh, the concept of lead, uh, just because it it represents everything that we love, and that we share um, our our love for with working with people, community, um, taking action, and uh, and adventure. You know, both in just everyday life and also in uh, career, but also in actual in the mountains adventure. So I love it. Outdoors. We do love the outdoors. Look, um, we're going to talk uh, a little bit about our experiences together, your experiences. Uh, but first, let me just introduce for people who may not know Derek. Uh, Derek is best known uh, among certain demographics, at least, uh, as the uh, uh, six-time winner of Dancing with the... I should, wait a minute. I need to do the right voice. Dancing with the Stars. Uh, <laughs> So he uh, six times nobody's even come close to that, and and I will say in as unbiased as I can be as a dad is that uh, he was able to do that not necessarily with the most talented uh, dancing partners, and that's a, a, a lot of credit goes to Derek for his ability to lead his partners in a way that they were able to grow and develop. And, and that's, uh, uh, yeah. I will say, I will say some of them were pretty good too. I will say. <laughs> some of them were really talented. Yeah. There were some yeah. that were really, and you had some really talented ones where you didn't win. And so yep. it's yep. a, uh, it, it really is a, a very interesting 
history, and we'll talk a little bit about that. Yeah. Uh, Derek's also uh, a New York Times bestselling author. Uh, he is a three-time Emmy winner for choreography. He has uh, produced and uh, directed and starred in numerous television specials and shows, and uh, he's uh, aligned pretty heavily with the ABC Disney organization. And and that's kind of a fun one because you get to to do some really interesting things uh, uh, with them, and not the least of which is help your uh, your nieces and nephews uh, go to Disneyland on occasion <laughs> and line which is yeah. great <laughs> that's that's the best part forget everything else we get we get we get the vip experience yeah <laughs> let's talk for a minute about um you know as a young boy i mean we used to go do things we were we were road trippers we'd go on road trips and and sing at the top of our lungs uh you know bruce springsteen songs and u2's joshua tree album and stuff like that uh but as a very young man you had the desire to really become proficient as a ballroom dancer. Uh, and by the way, making that choice as a young man, becoming a dancer is a bit of an adventure too. It's not exactly the norm, right? Uh, of, within yeah. what some people think is what, you know, young men ought to be doing. Uh, and sure. yet through that, uh, say, talk a little bit about that adventure. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, I think the adventure of becoming a dancer, I think, uh, was was unique in the sense that, well, obviously growing up in Utah, you know, we traveled as well. We, we drove an hour to get to dance class every day. Um, and just even that was an adventure, especially during the snowy seasons, you know, I mean, it, like it was dangerous, you know, to get to class. Um, but also, you know, I, I didn't always have the best experience of, um, you know, with 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 certain kids knowing that I was in dance, you know, I, I, I often got picked on and kind of teased about it. And, and uh, because it was something that at the time, at least where I was, wasn't, you know, looked on as like a, Oh, you know, boy, guy, boys are supposed to do football and basketball and baseball, and by the way, which I, I did all those still, but I also danced. Um, but I, what I realized when I got what made me fall in love with dance was music. You know, I played drums I, I loved music. We always had music in the house and we'd always have these dance parties in the, in the living room. Is that what you called it? Music? Okay. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, um, well, by the way, no, it, it was, was, Billy, it was, it was it, well, no, this is, this is all we, we had Billy Joel, Les Miserables, um, U2, uh, very, very slim pickings, but I have to say, <laughs> but like genres of music, but it was, but I loved it. Um, and so when I went into dance class, as soon as I heard, and I didn't want to go, I did not want to go. I was like, this is for girls. I'm going to, ah. and I walked in there and I was like, wait, there's, there's girls in here. This is, this is kind of cool. Um, but, but more importantly, when I heard the music and then I, when I experienced the feeling of moving my body and sinking my body up to what the music was doing, there was like this overwhelming feeling of like, whoa, this is, this is really interesting. This is really cool. Like I felt something, there's something like, within me that is, is connected to this and then of course that just got developed and I had great mentors and great teachers who were really encouraging and and then I, I had a really cool opportunities to travel so I was like wow dance is actually taking me to places um 
so then that was an adventure, you know, getting into a bus full of dancers and we're like trucking over, you know, driving to LA and going to a dance convention. And, and it's terrifying. It's scary because you're like, am I good enough? I don't know these people that I'm competing against. Were they going to be like, it's, it's all this unknown and all the only known that you have is your preparation. That's yeah. the only thing you really know is like, am I prepared? Am I, am I ready for this? And by the way, sometimes I'm not, you know, I would put music on and this track would start in the middle of the track. The song would start in the middle of the track and I'm like on stage and having to like pick up where it is, like just, just terrified. So there was lots of different experiences where, um, where basically dance became like an ultimate adventure for me. Um, well, you, in, you in identified, all, in, and by the way, you identified some key elements of leadership growth and development. For example, the whole idea of dealing with ambiguity, the unknown, taking the risk, where you, you've, even as a young boy, you know, you know, under 12 years of age, you're, you're being asked to do things that you've never done before. You're having to perform in front of lots of people. Uh, and then the ultimate adventure sort of came when you decided that uh, when an opportunity was afforded you to go become really the top of the game in dance, you had that chance to go move to England. And again, unknown, ambiguity, yeah. risk, all these things that in leadership, uh, if, if a person can learn how to be comfortable with the uncomfortable, not knowing what's going to happen, for example, then of course uh, you develop skill sets that will serve you the rest of your life and will serve other people that you are uh, intending to, to serve in, in any capacity. Talk a little bit about going to England and about what that's about. Yeah, I mean, you know, being 12 years old um, and having, I feel like I was like a really a relatively mature 12 years old because I, I look at some of my nieces and nephews and I'm like wait I was that young when I did that what um but but at the time I'm like yeah of course yeah you know yeah um but and what was going way, through my your 10 year old sister was actually a lot more mature than you were just just to bring I, memory back you so <laughs> undoubtedly undoubtedly <laughs> but what 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 went through my mind actually even at the young age was realizing I think that in order to sort of progress and to, to be better I you know you have to proximity to um to the right people you know is important you know and so if, if I want to be a great dancer I need to be around the best dancers I need to be I need to surround myself with the the best there are and at the time you know um England, it was, is a hub for ballroom and Latin dancing. That's like where the, the best of the best train, that's where they live. And I, and I knew that. So for me, I was, I was like, okay, if I want to be the best, I had to surround myself with the best. And, and I was fortunate enough to, to train with amazing coaches and live with them um, with Cork and Shirley Ballas. But it was, it was definitely, it was definitely um, nerve wracking. Uh, Actually, you know what? It's funny. I say that, but actually it wasn't. It wasn't actually. I, 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 re I recall being very confident about, about th that move and about what my idea was about wanting to be a champion. Because that, that's the thing. I had a clear goal, right? That's, the, that's another important thing. I had a clear goal. I had a clear vision of like, I want to be 
really good at this. I want to be a champion. I want to be the best because I went to a competition in England like a year prior and I got kicked out of the first round. And that's when I was like, I remember wow. that. I, I was there. there. Are, I was like, I am nowhere near where like I thought I was. I was like, I think I'm great. And I go there I'm like, oh, I am not good. <laughs> and that was for me, the, the sort of the, the moment where I was like, I need to be around this environment. So when I had that opportunity, I, I wasn't nervous about it. I jumped at it. I was like, yes, let's go. Um, but, uh, way, but, my, but my, I was going to say my memory of that wasn't yeah. that you were such a bad dancer, but that you didn't look like everybody else. And when I say that, what I mean is that everybody else had a tailored tuxedo that was <laughs> built for dancing that the shoulders fit in a certain way. And we had rented a wedding tuxedo before we left the United States, which had, had the big shoulders that kind of, every time you lifted your arms, the shoulders came yeah. up to your ears. And it was like, he just doesn't look like a uh, dancer compared to everybody else. And uh, it was like, again, this idea of preparation and knowing what to do, um, we didn't know. We were completely taken aback by this, um, but we quickly learned and you quickly learned how to adapt to this new environment. Well, and that, and that's, by the way, that's funny. I, I, I remember that now. It was just like the suit. I lift my arms. <laughs> and I'm like, why? Everybody looks so good. I look like, like a, like, you know, the, 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 the crazy like cousin. Like the on the Adams family or whatever it was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh man. But it was, but it was really cool. What I, when I lived there, it was, um, you know, I jumped right into going to school, training, competing every Sunday. And that, you know, we traveled to school every day by train, hour and a half. Like it was, that was a crazy adventure. And again, at the time, it, it became kind of like the norm. But there would be moments where I'd be sitting on London Bridge overlooking the Thames. And I'd sit there and it's dark, it's raining out. And I'd be like, I'd be like 15 years old. And I'm like, this is, this is kind of cool. Like this, this kid from South Jordan, Utah, and I'm in one of the most incredible, you know, cities in the world, like this, I call, you know, ancient city. And, um, and here I am, I'm, I'm, I'm doing my thing. And listen, there were definitely times, definitely times where I was like, you know, it was, it was, it was hard. It was really hard. Um, but, but, but knowing like, knowing what I wanted and knowing that I was like, I wanted to achieve something. It was like, yeah, of course it's going to be hard. You know what I mean? Of course it's going to be challenging. It was almost like I wasn't expecting it to be easy. It's not supposed to be easy. It's not supposed to be a walk in the park. It's supposed to be challenging. It's supposed to be difficult. And I sort of embraced that. I think um, I embraced that challenge. And, and, and what was great too, was getting, you know, incremental achievements you know, uh, where I was like, ooh, this week I did better, or I, I could feel a little bit improvement. And so feeling that improvement, you know, gradually inspired me and kept me going and moving forward, um, which was, which was, you know, something that kept me there for a long time, you know? <laughs> yeah. It, so the, the quick transition after being there for m many years as a young man, you spent your, your youth literally in England. Um, you did some cool things there. You were you were on the West End uh, in Footloose, uh, you know, mm -hmm. it, which was the equivalent of Broadway in people in America's uh, view. 
um, you literally, I remember the, uh, the uh, writer of that, uh, that uh, play saying to you, because he was there the night, one night that I was there, and, and he said, uh, Derek, you can, you can play this role for as long as you want. And I just yeah. remember him saying that because they were very happy with that, that performance. You toured all over England um, for that, uh, that uh, performance as well. And you start by the way, what, what, what he what he also said though too, he also said, "Hey, take it easy during the week so you have energy for the weekend." And right. and I was like, I was like, my man, I was like, once those lights go on, and the, I was like, I, I only know one gear is just like full out. So full out, <laughs> like, right? yeah. yeah, it was great. And I and then you and uh, Mark uh, Ballas, who was really sort of your brother from another mother, uh, yep. who you lived with. Uh, you guys started a rock and roll band. It was called Almost Amy in the beginning, and then it, the yeah. Bells Huff Band, and and yeah. um, you kind of kicked it. And you were really thinking, you know, after you sort of reached the kind of the pinnacle of what you could do as a as a young man in dance, you were the the world champion Latin ballroom dancer in you know world. I mean, it, when it, anytime you can be the best in the world in anything, it's kind of like wow, that's that's pretty exciting. Uh, but it was, that, by the way, that particular event, just, just to, to go back to the world championship, um, yeah. I was sort of, I was sort of, uh, you know, expecting to be about fourth or fifth, you know, based on like previous results and things. And so um, I also had tweaked my neck and my neck was, I had an injured neck and I couldn't turn it properly. And for people that don't know about ballroom and Latin competitions, they are, they are extreme they're like running marathons um like running a couple marathons in a day like it's you're going starting at 9 a.m and you don't finish until about 2 a.m and it's round after round after round and the, the the stamina the endurance the sweat the the just it's so difficult and here's the thing too because you're doing that it's really hard to eat food and to fuel yourself so you're gradually getting more tired because you're getting more fatigued because you're not getting yourself the fuel but you also have to peak and you have to be like you know so i just wanted to frame that a little bit because ballroom and line competitions and my experience of doing so many different things you know west end show broadway you know tours there's nothing more demanding physically than a ballroom and line competition that i've that i've done and uh the reason why i say that is because the world championship i hurt my neck I was sort of going to be fifth, you know, that was kind of like what people were expecting, but there was this weird thing that happened where I almost like I, it, the expectation went out the window for me. I stopped, I didn't put any expectation on myself. I was just, I appreciated being there. I was just like, this is awesome. This is so cool. I'm representing, you know, the country that I was representing at the time, which was Great Britain. And um, actually, what was it? Poland. I can't remember. <laughs> I was bouncing around. Um, but I, but I, but I was so excited to be there and I, and my, and my neck was hurt and I was like, Hey, whatever. And I took that, ex that expectation off myself. And I, I think I performed better than I've ever performed in my entire life. Um, because there was like this weight that was lifted. And I think because of that, I, I was able to come out and, and my partner and I, we won, uh, which was a big upset, you know, it was a big, like, it was kind of like a big moment. And, um, but it was a great lesson for me where even to this day, I, I, I put so much expectation, so much pressure on myself and I had to catch myself and I'm like, well, how can I just appreciate this moment right now? 
because I know that if I do that, I'm going to perform much better. I'm going to perform much better at a much higher level if I take that expectation off and I'm just appreciating this moment. So that was, I just wanted to point that out because that was a really pivotal moment for me. Which by the way, I mean, this whole idea of being present in the moment and not, you know, getting caught up in what could be, what might be, but just saying, oh, wait a minute, I'm just right here in the moment. That's such a great leadership principle too, because especially when you're communicating with people and you're trying to have uh, a good dialogue uh, or you're trying to perform something, being present in the moment where you are focused on just that one thing, it just it, it just changes the entire opportunity for not just productivity, but for achievement. And I just think uh, that's a great lesson, Derek. Thanks for sharing that. Well, um, and, and to, just to add on to that just a little bit real fast is, is, is that's also why I love dance, because it does force me into the moment. And I think that moving your body is a great way to sort of be present. Um, you know, there's this sort of, uh, um, I feel like now we're, we're very, very still in our bodies. We're very busy in our minds. I know my mind is, I, I, you don't want to come in here. It's, it's crazy. There's lots going on. It's a madhouse. It really <laughs> is. And, it, it, but the fastest ways to change to quiet that is to move my body and to move and to, to do something physical. And I think that um, knowing that little hack, at least, if you will, um, is also very helpful. But I think that's also why I gravitated towards dance. Cause I was like, wow, I, I just naturally have this very busy brain and dance was a way that I was able to sort of like quiet it and be in the moment. Um, so, uh, that, yeah. Yeah, that, that truly is a life hack. I mean, that is, I mean, when you are stumped, when you are stuck, when you are feel like you're spinning your tires and you're just, but you know, you've got a deadline. So you're going to stick at, you're going to keep after it. You're going to go. And then you realize, oh, wait a second. Maybe the best thing for me to do is to actually get away from all of this, go shoot some hoops, go for yeah. a run, go do something physical, do something that, that is, you know, you yeah. know, going to, going to get this thing moving so yeah. that when you come back, then you can kind of get right back into a different, you're in a different state. And, and yeah. that mindset then allows you to get back into what you were trying to maybe do, but were frustrated and trying to get done. I know that works for me a lot. Yeah. And I even have sometimes, I don't, I don't have any uh, on my phone and stuff. I don't have any notifications because I think they're the devil. Uh, they distract yeah. you from what you want to focus on. So I don't yeah. have them, but I do have one thing. And it's the, the appointment that I'm keep keeping with myself to get up out of my chair and to go move. Because yeah. that's the one thing I just need to be reminded of sometimes is, hey, you know what? It's time to get up and just get out of here. Well, I, so I, I, I think when you don't, you know, when we say movement, like movement, it's like we were meant to move. We really were. I think we were, you know, look back at what, you know, back in the beginning of time, you know, we, we were hunters and gatherers. We had to move. We had to search. We had to find. We had to. We were always on the move and our bodies were still the same. You know what I mean? We're still on the same software and stuff in our, and our brains really, this is, I thought this was quite interesting. I heard this before and I thought this was really fascinating that our brains aren't designed to make us happy. They're designed 
to help us survive. Right. Yeah, exactly. To survive. And so back in, you know, when we're hunters and gatherers, we're our brains are designed to look for what's wrong, to look for what's dangerous. We're like, what's wrong? What's dangerous? Da, 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 da. And now we're in this time, we live very comfortable lives, we have cars, we have houses, we have water, we have food, you know, but our brains are still working on this like software. We're like, what's wrong? What's danger? What's and and but instead of like saber tooth tigers, it's going, what's this person thinking of me? What's this person thinking of me? What uh I need to be doing more. I need to da, 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 da. and our brains are sort of like working this old software and there's and, and we get to this point where it, it starts working against us and and i think that when we get to that primal state where we just are moving our bodies we're breathing we get the oxygen flowing the blood pumping it's a great way to be like hey quiet <laughs> you know? yeah. um, so anyway you had all these great experiences in england you came home to come visit your old man for about a month we were up in cordelaine i remember distinctly we're in your sister's house and and uh, Julianne called and she'd come back to America, you know, earlier. And uh, she said, hey, Derek, one of the guys in the Dancing with the Stars tour injured themselves. We need a male dancer. Yeah. And you're like, no, no way. I'm working on the music. I'm playing yeah. the music. I got I got, you know, things going, you know, I'm <laughs> we're going to be rock and roll. We're going to be, you know, yeah. the Rolling Stones, whatever. And yeah. Um, and and I said, but Derek, I says, you have no, you know, noticeable means of support. You know, this is a paycheck. Uh, yeah. Dad, always thinking, right? Uh, which by, which by the which by the way, and that was important because I just finished doing a big show in in London and Footloose, and I was the lead role. And by the way, after all that, I had no money because. <laughs> After all that hard work, no money because one, I was getting paid really not good, but also I was trying to stay healthy and feed myself and I spent all my money on food. And so after all that experience, you're right. I literally was at negative. I was in the negative. So you were like, go do this. <laughs> go do the tour. You'll make enough in the summer to be able to spend a year in England working on your music. So he gets into the uh, the show and, and you know, next, next thing's that happened well, and he realized well, that wasn't is, such a bad gig well the next thing that happened was that julianne got asked to be on the next season and i was very insulted <laughs> no i wasn't i actually wasn't insulted. it was funny because um but she but she was she got kind of picked up to be on the season four and uh, i went back to england and then i came back on the show to do a little guest performance with julianne and then that's when the producer said hey do you want to be on the show and i was like nah this isn't really for me I'm not really in the ballroom dance world thing anymore. Then I yeah. said. <laughs> and then, yeah, yeah. But then, well, no, then what happened was that Julianne won. And I was like, interesting. Hmm. <laughs> competitive. Wait a minute. You're not yeah. saying you were competitive with your little sister. No, I wasn't competitive. No, she just, she just, it was more that she, uh, she showed like what was possible. She was like, look what, look what I did. Like, look, look how great this experience was. And I was like, wow, okay, cool. Um, and then I joined season five and then she won again and beat me, which by the way, to this, to this day, to this day, she loves, man. She loves, she loves, loves. So that was, that was with, that was with her first win was with uh, Apollo uh, Ono. And then she, the second was with uh, Elio Castroneves, right? That's right. Who are you? Right. Who are you dancing? Oh, you were dancing with uh, Jenny Jennifer. Garth. Oh, Jenny. Yep, yeah, that's right, Jenny Garth. Yeah, Jenny Garth. Yeah, yeah. She was my first partner. 
That's right. 90210. <laughs> That's it. So let's just talk a little bit about this because this is, um, you know, dancing. Uh, we talk about taking the lead, right? Uh, dancing, we always think of, you know, that one person leads and it's not always that way. And we can talk mm -hmm. later about that maybe. But but the reality is um, there was a lot of leadership principles evident that you had to learn very quickly to survive, yeah. not the show, the partner. And when I mean survive the partner yeah. is that most of them were older than you were. Uh, they had different life experiences and they mm -hmm. did not know how to dance. And they, you know, were put into your hands and you had to figure out what to do with it really quickly. Oh man, uh, you, you talk about like trial by fire. Uh, that was a great experience for that. Um, well, first of all, you know, I competed and I was a world champion, but competing and dancing is very different to teaching and coaching. And, and the, there are, they are completely different animals. And I didn't really realize that at the time um, I was just, you know, they said, do you teach? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I completely lied, of course. Of and course. of course, you know, and uh, just, like, well, just to clarify, when you say you lied, it's not that you lied. In yeah. my view, what you did is you projected a future opportunity. I'll never yeah. forget when you were going to you were dancing for the Queen of England, I think. And uh, was it Rod Stewart that was on the, the show? And they said, yeah. hey, can you do a, uh, you know, a, a backflip, uh, you know, a running backflip? And you said, oh, yeah, sure, I can do that. Yeah. And I couldn't, and I almost killed Rod Stewart. But that's another story for another time. <laughs> <laughs> but you were but, projecting the future yeah. opportunity. Yeah. Okay. Well, well, I, well. Here, 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 here's what it was, really, if you think about it. And I, and I jokingly say I lied, but what, you're right, though, Dad, because even just me going to England when I was a young kid, that was me being having confidence in myself, saying like, I'm gonna, I'll figure it out. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I, I'm trust myself that I'll figure it out. Same thing with Dancing with the Stars was like, I have, I'm not really experienced in that place, in that area, but I'm going to figure it out because you know what? I always find a way. And I also, I have that curious, I'm a very curious type of person where I, I want to learn and I want to, um, you know, improve, but it was a big learning experience, you know, right out of the gate because it's not only what the most terrifying part about it was that all of a sudden this person is looking to you. They are looking to be guided by you and that's it. And so there was a lot of, um, there was a lot of false, you know, confidence there really. Like I, I, I would be like, I don't really know what I'm doing, but I'll be like, act like I knew what I was doing and act like I knew what I was saying. And, and in some parts I did, I didn't know what I was talking about but I didn't know how to articulate it. That was the key. How do I articulate this? Because you know, I would just go, just do that. And they're like, well, what's that? I'm like, well, it's just, it's this. They're like, well, well, what's this, you know? And so I had to be like, wow, okay, shoot. I can't just like show them and they do it. I have to like articulate it in a way. So then I would look at my partner and I would say, okay, what's their background? What's their, what's their expertise? And then how do I use that language that they already know and then apply it to dance? And I think that that's one, that's one lesson I really learned that was really, really helpful where, where like I have an actress. Okay, so then if I talk about a dance step, I go, okay, so we're in a scene, all right? 
And then, and I started talking in sort of acting terms or I would be with a singer and I was like, you know that diaphragm where you sing from down here? Okay, I want you to engage that. And that's gonna create your core stability, which is gonna help the reposture and all these different things. Where I'm working with Amy Purdy, who's a Paralympian you know, snowboarder, she has two prosthetic legs. I would start using her lingo. I'm like, okay, so when you're cutting down the, you know, cutting down the, the mountain and you're, you're, going, you're, you're moving away from your toes to, your, to the heels or, or in her case, you know, her hips, using her hips to you, you move her body, I would just start using that lingo. So it was a really great experience to sort of adapt to whomever was in front of me. I couldn't teach the same for everybody. I had to adapt and change the way I, I, I taught um, and coached for each partner. And I think that was something that um, was, was, was amazing. And, and here's another thing too, I'm just gonna jump into it real fast, was the teaching part was really helpful, but the part that really came into play was, was helping people battle their nerves and help, because you know, they're, <laughs> These celebrities are one um, in a very vulnerable, vulnerable position where they're not, they don't know what they're doing. They're in front of, at that time, 22 million people. Live television, not live, film, not recorded. Yeah. And actually, I'll just say that because my first season, my, the second episode, I was a scrawny little kid and, and I, slipped on Jenny Garth's dress and I fell and dropped her consequently. And that, that, what else could be, that's the worst fear possible, which is falling on live television. And I was like, well, we got that one out of the way. So like, check that box. Don't have to worry about that now. Cause it's don't have to worry about that. <laughs> yeah. My, so my, 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 my uh, advice is do the worst thing possible. So it's just out of the way. Um, no. But, uh, but the nerve thing, and I, I'm just going to talk a little bit about with Kelly Pickler. She was, she would, in rehearsal, she was fantastic. She was, a, she was actually a very natural gifted dancer. And in rehearsal, I was just like blown away. Like she's incredible. And, and then we would get to the rehearsal on stage in front of the cameras and the lights and she would freeze up. And, <clears throat> and it was a moment where I, I got really scared because I was like, I don't really know how to, you know, help her out here. And, um, but I heard something that really was helpful and it was, uh, you know, whatever you focus on is what you feel. And I said, and when realizing that nerves and excitement are chemically virtually the same in your body, the only difference is the word you're using. And, and then what that does is that changes your focus. So whenever she'd be like, oh, Derek, I'm so nervous. I'm so nervous. And I was like, I was like, Hey, just try something for me. I was like, just say that you're excited. And even if just, just say you're excited, you're excited. And so she's like, okay, I, I'm so nervous. I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm like, well, what are you excited about? She's like, well, I'm excited to wear this dress. It's really pretty. And well, I'm excited about this and I'm excited about that. So basically what I did is I just changed her focus. Cause now when you're saying you're nervous, you're focusing on, I'm nervous. I'm going to fall. I'm nervous. I'm not good enough. I'm nervous and you're focusing on all the bad things that are gonna happen. But if you say, I'm excited, now you're focusing on all the good things. You know, I'm excited to show them what I've been working on. I'm, just, I'm excited about all these different things. And it was, it was a huge moment, a breakthrough moment for us where it became a joke and it became kind of a game where we're like, 
all right, I'm so excited, you know? And by the way, my heart's beating like crazy. And, and even to this day, I do that for myself. You know, I get those butterflies. I get that heart pounding. I get sweaty. I get kind of like my legs are getting a little shaky. And I'm like, I I'm so excited. I can't wait to go out there. And, and it, it was just a great uh, little, little hack into changing your focus um, to help yourself perform uh, another better. life hack another life hack yeah. <laughs> uh, just get realizing that the the biochemistry that's going on the physiology that's going on between nervousness and excitement is exactly the same it's how we think about it and yeah. that can change our mindset which then changes our focus and allows us to really achieve one of the things i want to go back to that i just wanted to bring out was that your job was to lead your partner to the best performance they could they could do to bring out their best they not necessarily to win it was really just to bring out the best in them sure winning is is great but but what i love about that and, and what you were saying is that you had to learn to lead you had to learn how to teach you had to learn so you were a you were um and always have been a lifelong learner. You're always curious, as you said, about how do I do this or how do I get this result? And so you have to learn new skills, new abilities. And and I love the fact that one of those was, how do I communicate with clarity? Because clarity, the clarity of the vision of what that dance is supposed to look like at the end, you know, you're doing sort of a, um, you're telling, you're showing, and you're doing right? You're going through those yeah. steps of helping them do it. So um, you you found you couldn't just tell someone to do something because they didn't have context for it, right? You couldn't mm -hmm. just show them how to do it because that's you doing it and not them. And then ultimately, they had to perform, they had to do the actions. And then being able to communicate in a way that that connected with them that was within their context uh, created the clarity necessary then that you were able to take six of them to the championships, but I don't think you ever were below fourth place uh, in the whole number of years you were doing it. And, and I kept up as a dad, you know, with what you're doing and it was pretty amazing. There were people that you had on the show that in the beginning, people would say that, okay, Derek, isn't going to win this year because he's got so-and-so and then lo and behold you win and it's like wow that person isn't someone we would have expected to ever ever win this kind of a competition and i just thought you know when people say well they always give derek the best partner so that you know he can <laughs> win and, and granted you had some great ones you know nicole yeah. Scherzing was just like yeah, off the charts, talented, right? Which, by um, the way, which, by the way, I would just say something about us. Those, that's the hardest. Those seasons are the hardest, which is which is surprising, I'm sure, to, to, for people to hear. But the ones when you have people who have a lot of ability and, and capability, it's actually a lot. If you feel the pressure more because you're like, okay, well, if they don't do well, that's on me. <laughs> you know. Um, <laughs> that, but anyway, um, that's that's terrific. Anyway, so the. The the dancing is it, 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 you were very successful doing that. There's a I mean there's a whole you know discussion. I mean you could write a book just on how each partner was different and and the different style of leadership that you used with each of those people 
to help them, you know, to draw out their very best. The, one of the greatest principles of leadership that I think there is, is just that. A, a leader is focused on bringing out the best in the person they're working with. And if we can figure out a way to get all of our leaders to think that way, uh, we're going to have much more successful organizations because, um, and it's sort of this idea of servant leadership, right? That we know that we are being effective as a leader when we see the people that we lead growing and developing of their own accord and that they have the desire to serve themselves and to do, to lead and to, to help other people in, in these areas. So uh, I saw that so specifically in this, and this whole idea of dance being sort of a metaphor for leadership is actually a really strong thing that we'll end up the podcast talking about in, in a little bit. Yeah. But let's talk about, let's, we've talked enough about you. Let's talk about us. Yeah, uh, <laughs> we um, we have had some fun adventures. Um, yeah, and I know yeah. that that some of those have come with some greater intensity after my own father passed away, and I remember you being at the funeral and just sort of giving you that glistened look in your eye, saying, uh, "We need to do some stuff," you know. And, yeah, and we well, both, you know, it's it's you know, that it's that. Adventure. It's that expression, you know, um, you know, when we say uh, someday, you know, we're like, someday we'll do that. Someday we'll do this. Someday we'll do that. And, yeah. and it's like that some, the path of someday leads to a town called nowhere, you know, and that was a, a really uh, a, a moment where that really became very, uh, um, yeah, just, just kind of like a clear, a clear moment where I was like, wow, we need to, we need to do these things that we've been talking about doing. And, and we, I, I, I in fact, I, I think I recall like, Within like two years, we did some like Mayan ruins. We Pretty did epic stuff, yeah. Well, really I want to go back. I want to go back to just before you went to England. Um, we, I still have a very uh, clear picture of a dark night in a canoe on a lake, looking at the stars together, having a conversation. Now, to me, that's an yeah. adventure. That's that's uh, we were up at Camp Steiner in the Uintas in the state of Utah, and um, you were kind of preparing. You were going through some tough times. You know, the family was going through some difficult times, and and but that was a, a connection that I think sort of solidified for me how great it is to be with someone you love uh, in an adventurous situation, creating a memory, creating uh, a learning opportunity uh, where we can communicate in a different way. And to me, that sort of epitomizes a lot of what we're trying to do with LEAD too, which is let's get out of the normal context of life, which is an office or a building or something. Let's get outdoors. Let's get into a place where that it's it's different, yet it's welcoming in some ways, but it's also has some risk and yeah. gives us a chance to communicate on a different level, have a different experience, and an experience that not only helps us in that moment, 
but is portable to our future. Because the one thing that came out of that for me was how important that relationship was with you. And if I'm in a business context, I'm thinking, well, if I'm in a situation like that, I am I have bonded more closely with my colleagues in a way that I've demonstrated vulnerability, which leads to trust, which leads to the ability to really uh, communicate honestly with each other. And that's a critical leadership principle and skill that we need more than ever in politics and government, for sure, certainly in business and nonprofits, uh, but also in just our own personal relationships with the people we care about or that we should care about. And so to me, that was sort of, I kind of, I kind of go back to, to that little moment in time for me as being kind of a pivotal moment in what our relationship can be, should be, ought to be, will be. Uh, it's our, you know, being in the out of doors, having those moments and sharing those times together that well, I think are, are memories that we will have forever. Yeah, I know. Absolutely. And I, I remember that, that I remember that memory and it's, it's, a, it's, it's a very cherished and precious memory that I, I hold dear. And, and we and like I love it so much too. So that was good. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's funny because even we even that's something that we even to this day we share where like, you know, if we see a sky and it's beautiful stars, we're like, wow, look at the stars tonight, you know, look at the sky. And it's it's a it's an it's something that we share to this day. And, you know, talking about going into a different environment to a sort of, a, if you will, an unfamiliar environment, right, where you're like out. But really what is this is stripped down. It's kind of stripped down. It's kind of like. You're taking away all the, these distractions. You're taking away all this, like the clutter, if you will. And you're, you're basically in this environment of where, like where we sort of a, a, this primal place where we our true nature. Right. And that's, I think that's another part of it too, is, is getting back to our true nature, to our, our, our real, our, our true selves, if you will. And I think that being in, nature i think brings that out i think it's easier to tap into that part of yourself when you are you know on an adventure in nature and you know it's it's a little bit more simplified in a way even though there's still risk and and excitement and adrenaline um but there's also peace and tranquility and reverence and there's all these different sort of um you know, emotions and, and feelings that you're experiencing. And it's, that's what nature for me does. And I think for so many people and, I, and for people that don't even realize it too, that's what I love. I love when people are like, I'm not really a nature person. And then you take them on a hike and they're like, Whoa. this has changed my life. <laughs> you know, they're like, I never thought I would just enjoy something like this so much. I thought I would like freak out if I didn't have my phone and if I didn't have this. And actually this has been the most, purifying experience I've ever been on. And I'm just, I, and it's so cool to see that. And I know it's like, and so I know for you, dad, like you love to share, you love to build community, you love to serve. And that you've always been like that. You've always been such a servant in, in your communities, with your family, with your loved ones, with, with your spouse, which is with everybody. And, you know, for me, this, this, this opportunity to be a servant to, to, but to do it in a place that like, you know, you love 
but you know that um, others can can get so much from it as well. Uh, it, it's exciting. It's really, really exciting. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah. And, and, and by the way, that. thank. And by the way, thank you, thank you yeah. for instilling that adventurous spirit in me, and for instilling my love of nature and my love of the outdoors. And you know, I really attribute attribute a lot of that to you. You know that that sense of adventure was really instilled by you um, because you were, you know, you're like, Hey, let's go do this. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> you know? um, well, in fact, I was going to say, and we'll, we'll play some video behind us on this discussion a little bit, but you know, there's um, I remember I, you had made this comment about how we needed to connect more and do some more things together. And, and one day I, I called you up and I said, Hey, uh, we're meeting in Coeur d'Alene on this date. But what are you doing like the three days before? And it was kind of like, uh, I says, okay, this is it. This is that moment where we just do it. It's spontaneous and we just get it going. And we had a ball. I mean, we we went over and flew in a in a biplane over in Hebrew yeah. City, uh, got to, you know, control the stick, you know, and do the whole what a what a joy that was. That was so oh, much fun. It was killer. And then you know we were up in a razor going up into the the hills and and the the trees and the meadows and everything just the, the little ATV here and that was beautiful but the real fun began when we hit uh Jackson and did whitewater rafting we did the still water rafting too which was beautiful with the Tetons behind us yeah um, beautiful we did the uh, uh we did Yellowstone and we did Glacier, and we did those three national parks in three days. And it was we crazy. Killed it. It was so much fun. Oh, it, it was so. It was, it was. It was so. It, what was so cool about it too, Dad, was because it was. It was because it was just you and I. Um, it was one of those things where it was like, "Hey, let's just what's that? Let's let's go over there, you know." And like, "What's that? Let's just, let's go check that out." Um, there was no real itinerary. It was very spontaneous and just like, let's just go do it. And, and that was so exciting. And I actually, I, you know, I, I was getting into like filming stuff at that time as well. And, and like, yeah, with the GoPros and my camera and, and it was just like, I look back at some of those, those shots of the, the waterfall, that giant waterfall with it was just blowing the wind. And then there was a time where we we're walking through this, like this charred forest where we had a big wildfire. But then there was this beautiful, like the, the flowers were starting to bloom. So it was like this black, like beautiful pillars, but with this beautiful, like brand new growth. And it was just so, with the mountains behind, there was just so much beauty that we, we witnessed in three days. And you're like, you know what's crazy about that too? Is that that's free, you know? <laughs> I mean, you got to pay for some gas maybe, but but that that experience, and when I look back at that, I'm like, this looks like a, a movie. I'm like, wow, but that was what, that was a free experience. But here's one of the things that I thought was really interesting. If you remember this, one of my favorite shots, and we'll show it, is a shot we would never have gotten if we hadn't gotten lost. Do you yes. remember that? Well, we drove in Montana we exit, and we yeah, in Montana, and we ended up getting lost, and we went up this road, and it took us to a graveyard, and then we we kind of crested this hill. And we saw it. We saw the most spectacular sunset. Crazy. And we just, we were just in awe. We stopped. We got out of the car. There was this kind of cool 
fence that had been constructed to keep in the cattle. And we just, we relished. I, I just remember, we talk about being present. We literally just bathed ourselves in the experience of watching that sunset and seeing that beauty. And then finally, we turned around and went to a fly tackle shop and said, we're lost. We're not sure where we are. Yeah, going. where are we? By the way, this has been great, but where are we? I, that, we, finally, I, we finally, I remember that. Yeah. It was just no, fantastic. I, I remember that. And I remember actually the sky being like this, like gorgeous. It was like this most just vibrant orange and yellow and just, just so. And then if you look this way, it was like this beautiful, cool blues and dark. Like it was, it was like, it was almost like the sky was split in half. It was so mind blowing. So when people say Montana, big sky country, I'm like, Oh, I yeah. get it. I get, now I get it. Yeah. yeah. And then Glacier was fantastic. And uh, I mean, we just, it was one of those great, uh, great experiences. Uh, later, we uh, we hooked up with uh, one of your buddies, uh, your 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 personal trainer, who gets the. I need one of those. Yeah, but anyway, he uh, Mark Ferrari <laughs> joined us, and uh, and we went to Guatemala. I've I've always been sort of an aficionado. I I love uh, the Mayan archaeology of Central America. I uh, lived down in that area for a couple of years. Uh, I loved, uh, oh, I was just noticing, um, yeah, Copan right there. Uh, Copan, yeah. we've, we've been to that one. We've been to all, all these, my, I mean, we've been everywhere down there. But we just had a spectacular trip there. And again, it was an idea of um, here's the time we can spend together. It's an adventure because anything that you don't know what's going to happen is going is an adventure. If you don't know yeah. the final result of it, it is an adventure. And we we saw things I, that I'd never seen before. Uh, certainly, Derek had never seen. Mark had never seen before. Um, I, some of the places I'd been to, but we went to places that n none of us had been. I remember speaking of adventure. Uh, seeing some of the uh, migrants from Honduras on boats in the uh, uh, on the river being transported up north and thinking, now that's an adventure. I mean, they're looking for a better way of life. They're yeah. struggling to figure out how to feed their families, and they're they're not yeah. legal, but they're they're trying to do something and yeah. taking a risk to do that. Uh, and of course, as you know, we try to do things in those parts of the world to help people stay where they are and become self-sufficient. But but um, these are adventures. I mean, this, this whole idea of doing something new like that. And then you've been on some adventures that you didn't take me on, um, <laughs> you know, swimming with the whales in Tonga and, you know, yeah. with the sharks and, you know, South Africa and you know, the, the uh, safaris and all the things that you've done. And you love, I love that you're into photography to capture some of those memories. But, um, you know, these yeah. are, we, we had a fun guys trip. Uh, oh, it was, it was, it was Colorado. awesome. And, 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 and uh, to just go off what you're saying too about the adventure. Uh, you know, it, it's interesting. One thing I've realized with all these amazing adventures, you know, where you're swimming with humpback whales or in a, or in a, a, a cage with a great white shark or, you know, um, you're swimming with dolphins or, or whatever it might be, or the Mayan ruins or 
all these places I, I love adventure. And I, I, and I, again, I thank you because you instilled that in me. Um, and, uh, and I'm so thankful for that because I feel like this life just feels a bit more rich and a bit more exciting. And, um, but, but I also will say that the, what, what it kind of reminds you of a little bit too, sometimes is that in those adventures, you, when you, when you, t- you say this before, like you bring that home with you, you know what I mean? You bring that back. And then you start to realize there's, there's actually a lot of adventure in your everyday life and yeah. how you can create, you can create so much adventure. I mean, just talking to a stranger. I mean, that's, you know, saying hi to somebody like that's, that's an adventure. There's, there's, I don't know about you, but go, maybe not you dad, cause you're, you're a very friendly guy where you go say hi to everybody, but to, to engage in a conversation with a stranger, you know, your heart's beating a little bit. You're a little bit like, Oh, what are, what are they going to say? What's going to happen? Like what's, you know, there's that unknown. And it's interesting that you're practicing in sort of an adventure, like in the physical sense out in like the wilderness, but there's, it's like the little adventures of day-to-day life of like helping somebody, seeing somebody that needs some help. I'm going to stop over. I'm going to help them change that tire, or I'm going to go over here. There's so many adventures constantly throughout our day. Um, but we just need to notice them too. You know, it's that idea of like, um, you'll experience more grace uh, when you start to acknowledge it, essentially. So when you just start acknowledging all these adventures, you're gonna experience more adventure. That's it for this episode of Adventures in Leadership. We hope you enjoyed our discussion on the lessons and experiences gained from taking on the adventure of life and business and how it can inform your own leadership development. This has been a production of LEAD. We are a new kind of personal, team, and organizational leadership company dedicated to accompanying those who want evidence-based learning and education that activates development and growth to produce the results you want in life and in business. We are also dedicated to serving youth in a quest to minimize digital reliance, to provide outdoor activities, to do hard things, to serve others, and to put a little adventure in their lives. Check out our website at l-e-a-d to learn more about who we are and how we are serving.